Hello and welcome back to the Byline Breakdown. I'm Mike Moliterno. In March 2021, Hindenburg Research published a scathing report on Lordstown Motors, calling into question the viability of the company's product, the endurance, the demand for it, and the company's production capabilities. The result was the collapse of Lordstown Motors' stock price and eventually the forced resignation of then-CEO Steve Burns, which is where we pick up our conversation with Business Journal Managing Editor Dan O'Brien. So obviously all this controversy leads to Steve Burns being forced to resign, um, along with several other executives. Yeah, it's uh, in, in June of 2021, after an internal inquiry at the company found that uh, there were misstatements made, and never identified who made the statements, mind right. you, uh, but uh, upon the release of, of those findings, Steve Burns and the former uh, CFO, Julio Rodriguez, resign from the company. Um, and that uh, others, I believe, followed too, but mm-hmm. not as well publicized as, as Burns' Burns's exit. So this is kind of a low point for Lordstown Motors. Yeah. And nobody's really sure what's going to happen. Um, they get in a... Uh, a new acting CEO who eventually becomes CEO, I believe. And well, an interim CEO or an interim uh, CEO. Yeah. Uh, she takes over and is holding uh, the, the place together, if you will, with, with a number of other new hires. Mm-hmm. And um, they begin to explore different business options. And then out of nowhere, almost Foxconn shows up. Well, yeah, it kind of take, back up a little bit. They they begin to float the idea of of the Lordstown plant as a manufacturing facility for not just the endurance, but right. for other multiple companies, perhaps. Which was one thing that a lot of one concern a lot of people raised, even way back towards the beginning, was: Are you actually, even if all of Lordstown Motors' wildest dreams come true, are you going to need this entire plant? What are you going to do with this whole plant? Right. You know. Right. Right. And their answer was, well, we'll fill it up somehow. Right. Right. <laughs> we'll fill it up with, with other OEMs who might want space to manufacture their yeah. particular product. So now they're taking this idea and they're, so they're really examining it model. because yeah, I mean, they let's need face to. It, yeah. It's a really unique business model when you think of it. And uh, a new CEO comes on board uh, later that year, uh, Dan uh, Ninavaji, who's had some uh, experience uh, with uh, in, in the auto industry and with uh, Carl Icahn especially. And he begins to look at that model, and you know, executives begin to uh, look for opportunities. And lo and behold, Foxconn is looking to get into the EV market simultaneously. And that's when the deal tentatively comes through uh, in, uh, in uh, late 2021, uh, excuse me, yeah, yeah, late 2021, mm-hmm. when, when they announced that we're looking at a purchase agreement, also a contract manufacturing agreement, as well as a potential joint venture between Foxconn and Lordstown Motors in order to manufacture this pickup and then produce 
other EVs uh, from a joint venture company that that would be formed, um, and eventually in, in in May of 2000, or excuse me, in May of 2022, that's when the deal finally is completed. Uh, Foxconn purchased the Lordstown plant. They enter into a contract manufacturing agreement, meaning Foxconn will produce the endurance for. Lordstown Motors, as per uh, a, a, any like a contracting agreement, you're paying me right. to make your car, right? You're paying me to make your vehicle, as well as a, a joint venture. And this joint venture was supposed to uh, create new vehicles, new EVs on a platform that Foxconn had designed, known as the MIH platform. Mobility in Harmony, I think it was call, is called. Uh, so that was the idea and intent in the, in the spring of 2022 in, in in May when this was finally completed, and it looked very bright. It looked like it was a great idea. It looked like uh, folks were enthusiastic about it, uh, and at that point, it looked as if Lordstown Motors could survive. Right. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, it, it wasn't a I wouldn't call it a bailout per se, but but in, in a way, it, it it was. It 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 helped cut costs for Lordstown Motors, which was just bleeding cash and needed capital to survive. I mean, that was one of the big issues. Was if we don't raise any money, it's it's uncertain whether or not we'll remain as a going concern. Uh, that was beginning to show up a lot in their SEC filings by this time. And well, Foxconn's infusion of cash, that helps it. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, they, they're still working to get these other issues straightened out, including the nature of this joint venture. Right. Um, now, during this time, kind of the, the whole time that this is going on, uh, Steve Burns starts unloading some of his stock. Yeah. He's still got quite a bit of it. Right. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to dive into that right after this short break. Hey there, podcast listeners. Do you want to stay ahead in the business game? Dive deep into the heart of Northeastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania with the Business Journal. For over three decades, we've been the beacon for business and community leaders like you. Expand your horizons and your business with our unbeatable subscription offers. Stay informed, stay ahead, subscribe today. So Dan, while all of this is going on, Lorsan Motors is going through some, some wild ups and downs. Foxconn is showing interest, all of this is going on. Steve Burns can't sell his stock for a certain amount of time. Right. That time comes, and he can. Right. He starts selling stock. Yes. Quite a bit of it. Yeah. Could you start walking us through a little bit about how that worked and what, if any, impacts you think that had on what's what was happening at Lordstown Motors at the time, even though he wasn't involved? Yeah, he was... His stocks were under lock for a period of time uh, after he resigned. Uh, I, I believe they came, they, they became available, I'm thinking in November of 2021. 
That sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But when they came available, he... Well, they were in phases, too. He could sure, only yeah, get rid of so many. Sure, yeah, these were in tranches. Then, yeah. he, he had half locked up for X amount of time. Right. And the other half would be made available uh, further down the road. So he started selling them off. And his first tranche, I think, was about $18 million worth of stock mm-hmm. in, in one uh, sales package or whatever you want to call it. I don't yeah. know. But a number of transactions in, in that period... Uh, netted about $18 million worth of stock. But the stock keeps falling. Right. I was going to say, the stock's period. not doing good at this time. No, it's... Uh, I, I don't remember exactly what it was at that period, but it was probably hovering around $5, mm-hmm. I think. But nevertheless, he has quite a number of shares. He started with 46 million shares of the company. Right. That's his to sell off. And uh, so he begins to sell off... Uh, of that stock, of those shares, which he is perfectly allowed to do under the terms of his employment and the terms of his severance agreement. So does that bode well for the company when your founder is is selling his stock in it? And and, and probably not. Moreover, uh, we find out that General Motors had... uh, decide to ditch their stock in Lordstown Motors, as well as Workhorse. And Workhorse will later say that they lost $75 million as a result of their investment in Lordstown Motors. So it doesn't bode well, certainly from a public image standpoint, that that this is happening. Uh, And and, uh, Burns walks out in the end with about $66 million dollars or so uh, from his uh, stock sales. Some of them, by the time he's selling them, are worth 30 cents a share, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, five, six dollars at one time. Or even opposed to the 30 dollars at the yeah. heights in February of uh, 2021. I mean, it was uh, significant. Which leads to the current situation with between Lord Sound Motors and Foxconn. Yeah. Uh, Orson Motors stock is not doing well. Uh, Foxconn right. sends it a letter that basically says you're in breach of contract because your stock price has fallen below a dollar um, per share, yeah. and they start getting out all of their con- all of the stuff that they're going to do with Lord Sound Motors. They start backing out, which leads us to the legal dispute that's going on right now. Right. What we have here today is a two-pronged uh, issue with Lordstown Motors. One, they're forced into bankruptcy or, or they, they declare bankruptcy. And another issue is they file a lawsuit against Foxconn here. And these are two ongoing situations. But back it up a little bit. Lordstown Motors stock begins to tumble even further. Again, right. they're sending alarms that they're not getting the capital they need to survive. Foxconn makes its initial investment in Lordstown Motors. However, shortly thereafter, they decide to modify that joint venture agreement and convert it to a direct equity investment. So no longer is this joint venture agreement going to be this partnership between Lordstown Motors and Foxconn. Rather, Foxconn said, we'll just give you the money. We'll just purchase X amount of shares uh, for $170 million worth or so. And that would have 
gone in certain tranches, you know, $50 million here, $45 mm-hmm. million there for, for the next one. So they made an initial $50 million purchase, an equity purchase per the agreement. Uh, however, they begin to sense, at least the, as uh, Lordstown Motors' stock price declines, uh, that uh, they're going to hold off on that second investment, that second infusion of cash. Now, at this time, we're seeing um, Lordstown Motors' stock fall under a dollar, and this is probably March of 2023. Mm -hmm. And as NASDAQ rules are explicitly pretty clear that if you fall, your stock price falls below a dollar for 30 consecutive business days, you'll be issued a delisting notice, meaning you have 180 days to correct that. Well, that happens, <laughs> you could say. And by April of, of 2003, Foxconn issues Lordstown Motors a notice saying that they are in breach of their agreement, that their stock price has uh, fallen below a dollar for 30 consecutive days. They mm-hmm. are now in technical default with, uh, with the NASDAQ uh, stock exchange. And now uh, we don't feel that we're incumbent any longer in this agreement to make that second infusion of cash leaving Lordstown Motors pretty empty. They've really got no other means of raising capital at this point. And uh, the only way they can correct that stock price issue is to do something which is called a uh, reverse stock split. And what that is, is that they just combine number of shares into one single share. So the share price will boost up. Now the number of shares are, are reduced, Right, but the share price itself. It it's like they lit half up. of them on fire, and right. now all the other half are worth <laughs> twice as much. Exactly. Right. So they get fifteen shares and pull them into one, uh, and that's going to boost their share from thirty cents or so to about four dollars and some, or whatever the heck it was at the yeah. time. And uh, uh, while that satisfies Nasdaq, it does not satisfy Foxconn. Uh, they they still believe that uh, they're they're in. Uh, breach of the of contract and Lordstown Motors is saying no they're not they think that Foxconn is stalling purposely uh, they want to force them into this position and that's where we kind of are at the right. moment right so Steve Burns is going to buy or has an agreement to buy Lordstown Motors assets I guess where does all of the other stuff stand right now and, and, and one one thing that we kind of didn't mention how does what's going on right now affect uh, the other lawsuit against Lord Sound Motors from, um, I can't remember the California EV. They settled that. Oh, did they yeah, settle yeah, that? that's okay. been settled. That was, okay. That's been disposed of. Okay, so then we can just Karma, skip it. Yeah, yeah Karma. Yeah. I forgot Karma about Karma. Karma Automotive out of California uh, sued Lordstown Motors right. okay. very early on for uh, trade, Stealing intellectual trade secrets. Yeah, trade secrets. Trying to uh, steal their people and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> okay, so that's settled. But um, I guess where does... How does all this impact what's going on between Foxconn and Lordstown Motors? The, the sale of Lordstown Motors' assets will obviously go to creditors. I mean, whatever money they make out of it will, will go to creditors, I, I imagine. And um, 
where where it stands between Foxconn and and Lordstown Motors right now is is, is kind of fuzzy. Uh, that lawsuit is still going on between uh, Lordstown Motors and Foxconn. That still active and there's a number of lawsuits that have been filed earlier against lordstown motors these are investor lawsuits when all of this was going on regarding the pre-orders and everything else and there have been some subsequent lawsuits filed against the new leadership at lordstown motors claiming that they were uh, not upfront about the condition of the company and so forth and what was going on with foxconn at the time and making misleading statements along those effects so that at least that's what they allege so uh, as for Burns, I don't believe he has to worry about any of that because he has to pay for any of the legal responsibilities uh, at the moment associated with Lordstown Motors. Now, what are the ramifications of these lawsuits? Is, is anyone's guess? Uh, will they be settled? Will they be continued? Will Lordstown Motors cease to exist in a new company emerge out of the asset purchase here. So all of that remains to be seen right now. Um, and we're still unclear as to what resolution is going to be set forth regarding the impasse with Foxconn. As far as the EV industry as a whole, mm-hmm. you don't just cover Lordstown Motors, you cover a lot, the entire industry. So you've yeah. seen what, the, what some of the big three uh, automakers are doing. You've seen a lot of that stuff. Given the challenges that Lordstown Motors faced and how difficult it was for them to get into the market and what you're seeing from the traditional automakers, what does all this mean for the EV industry? What are the potential challenges or how do you see the EV adoption panning out? Well, it's going to take a long time. It's, this, right. isn't, this isn't anything that's going to happen overnight. Because there's some as, pretty ambitious oh, there uh, are. And, goals. And, and, well, let's face it. I mean, there, there, there's a lot. Uh, I, I was driving around, you know, Sunday uh, over the weekend, and I'm seeing more Teslas on the road than I do Mercedes, I think. Yeah. You know, so so obviously there's there is consumer interest in the EV market. And so it's there, but it's going to take time to matriculate and find its way into the average consumer. Um, you know, I'm going to buy a new V or a new car. I'm looking at an EV. Why should I buy an EV? And that's the challenge for dealerships in the area to say that, well, what do you want to use it for? Are you going on long trips? Because those who are thinking about taking those very long vacations with an EV are, of course, kind of nervous about that because the infrastructure is yet to be built out and the charging infrastructure is is brand new. And um, so convincing consumers, I think, that this is going to be the future, whether you like it or not, is, is going to be difficult. Now, it's like I said, it's not going to happen overnight. This is going to be a transition that's going to take uh, decades, uh, two decades at least, I would imagine. Uh, but the OEMs have committed to going all electric and zero carbon by 2035. So that's not far away. Uh, so any of these new vehicles coming off the line are presumably going to be either hybrid or electric battery powered. And that is, of course, a big issue amongst the big three and, of course, the UAW right now. Uh, that's uh, what this strike, I think, is inherently about is the future 
of the auto industry and its relationship with its workers, and that is electrical vehicles. Okay, well, I think we will leave it there. Thank you very much, Dan. You're welcome, Mike. You're absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> so if you'd like to dive deeper into all of this uh, to the Lordstown Motors saga, we'll have some links in the description where you can check out the stories. Um, this is obviously an ongoing situation. So please check back to businessjournaldaily.com often for the latest about the electric vehicle industry and Lordstown Motors in particular. And join us next Thursday for more stories behind the headlines on the Byline Breakdown. I'm Mike Moliterno. You wouldn't drive a car without a map, so why navigate the business world of Northeastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania without the Business Journal? Trusted since 1984, we're the compass pointing you to growth and prosperity. Digital, print, why not both? We've got subscription options tailored for every business-savvy individual. Light up your path to success. Subscribe to the Business Journal today.